We're talking wellness at Memorial Care Health System. It's time for a weekly dose of wellness. Here's Deborah Howell. Welcome to our show. This is your weekly dose of wellness. I'm Deborah Howell, and today our guest is Dr. Jocelyn Craig, a urogynecologist with the Center for Women's Pelvic Health at Long Beach Memorial. She's double board certified in female pelvic medicine and reconstructive surgery and obstetrics and gynecology. Welcome, Dr. Craig. Thank you very much. Pelvic health issues are more common than one might think. Women of all ages can suffer from bladder and pelvic floor disorders, but they often ignore those symptoms because they assume that it's, you know, part of the normal aging process. So let's talk a little bit about our pelvic health. First of all, what is the pelvic floor? The pelvic floor is a combination of muscles, ligaments, and connective tissue that is contained within the bones of the pelvis and support the organs in the pelvis, including the bladder, the vagina, uterus, and rectum. And when you think about it, really our entire torso rests upon this trampoline of muscles and connective tissue. The issue is that the pelvic floor can be weakened over time Mm -hmm. by a combination of conditions, such as childbirth, repetitive heavy lifting, uh, the effects of menopause and age, Mm -hmm. chronic constipation and chronic cough, and other medical conditions and neurological conditions. Aging is uh, sometimes very unkind to women. It is, and and, uh, it is more prevalent. These issues are more prevalent as we age, but I think, as you already stated, there is a misunderstanding that this is a natural part of aging, and Mm -hmm. it's not. It's just that things happen to us as we age that make these issues more likely. That's right. Now, who is, in particular, affected by pelvic floor conditions? Well, um, men and women can um, develop pelvic floor conditions, but again, women are more susceptible to them, mm-hmm. most likely due to our childbirth and also the effects of hormone changes throughout our lives. Okay. Now, you say through our childbirth. Are you talking about when a woman gives birth or are you talking about the woman when she was born? When we give birth. So okay. vaginal deliveries do put women at a higher risk for pelvic floor disorders, but it's not exclusive to that. Even women who, you know, have C-sections can be subject to some of these problems just mm-hmm. because of the weight and the strain of pregnancy itself. Okay. All right. So what are the common signs and symptoms of pelvic floor conditions? So um, common signs and symptoms um, really would include leakage of urine that's mm-hmm. involuntary at times when people don't are not expecting to use the restroom. So people will complain of leakage of urine when they cough, when they sneeze, when they laugh. With urgent trying to reach the restroom, they begin to urinate on themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, fecal incontinence, the involuntary passage of stool and gas when um, you're not uh, socially ready to right. use the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Um, frequent voiding or voiding that cannot be delayed or getting up at night to urinate when you've been sleeping. Pelvic organ prolapse, uh, the symptoms are, are really often a bulge in the vagina. Okay. And, um, often people don't understand that any part of the walls in the vagina can come down. And behind those walls are the organs, the uterus, the bladder, and the rectum. So then it begins to push out, and people will feel a, women will feel a bulge there. Right. And there's, is there pressure along with that bulge? There can be pressure. Um, um, there can be pressure. There sometimes can be pain. Sometimes women will present saying they're having some bleeding, they feel some roughness there, and what you'll see is that the tissue has now become very irritated because it's 
exposed. It's just mm-hmm. like the skin that's inside our mouths. The, the vaginal tissue is very, uh, fra- well, not fragile, but it's, it's typically moist, and it's kept moist. And now with the organs and the walls hanging down, it becomes tender and dry, and there can be some bleeding as well. Okay. All right. So now what types of treatment options are available for some of these pelvic floor conditions? There's quite a range of options available, and it's important to understand that, again, as we said, people often don't realize that it's not a natural part of aging. And often because there's so much shame involved with admitting that you have these problems, Mm -hmm. patients don't necessarily ask what's available or discuss this with their physician. Right. The options range from very conservative treatments, really looking at lifestyle changes, physical therapy that's very specific to the pelvic floor. Also, um, you can use pessaries, which help with prolapse, the fallen walls of the the vagina, but it can also help with incontinence. Pessaries have been around for thousands of years, and they need to be fitted by a physician, Mm -hmm. but they can be a non-surgical option for managing prolapse, but also incontinence. Um, vaginal cones are also available for strengthening of the pelvic floor. Okay. There's a wide range of medications that can be used, but there's also a wide range of surgical options that are open to patients. Are there any conditions that can be solved with exercise alone? Absolutely. You know, most women have been told by their physicians to perform Kegels, and Kegels can be effective if you're doing them correctly. The Mm -hmm. problem is most women do not do them correctly. So it's really important to be instructed on how to do them. Mm-hmm. Um, physical therapy can be very useful to have an actual person help you learn how to do Kegels, but then also use biofeedback to help the patient understand how to do these exercises. Okay. So that on its own can be helpful, but sometimes that's not enough. Well, you have health, you have vitamins, you have, you know, lifestyle choices, you have exercises, but if all of those together aren't working, then you may have to go the, uh, the medical, as in medicine, or surgical route. Is that correct? Correct. And what's the first thing you do when you see a patient coming in with some symptoms? Well, the first thing I do is I spend um, quite a bit of time taking a history of their medical history, their symptoms, and really listen to what's bothering them. And, and that is the key, because we're talking about quality of life here. So what is bothering the patient most? Mm-hmm. Um, and then enough physical exam to really evaluate what I see, what they feel, and then sit down and discuss the options for treatment. Often we need to do some additional testing before we consider surgery. So um, urodynamics is a functional st- study of the bladder, and that's something that's done in the outpatient setting. Also, looking inside the bladder, which is called cystoscopy, is something that can be done before surgery. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we have to do um, specialized ultrasounds of the rectum and the, uh, or imaging studies of the pelvis to understand a little bit more of what the connective tissue and defect is. Mm-hmm. But there's some workup that's done. And then it's really listening, offering to the patient the options that are available for treatment listening to what they want to do, listening what they're a candidate for, and then discussing the options we already discussed that are non-surgical, but also surgery because really it's a sort of a menu option of what what is available and what's best in this certain situation for the okay. patient. As you were talking, I was thinking about the physiology. Is, is people 
talk so often now in exercise about your core. Is strengthening your core something that would uh, also benefit your pelvic floor? Absolutely. Strengthening the core can be very helpful. Okay. And um, as could, um, you know, exercises with yoga as well. But again, it's very important to undergo that kind of strengthening with someone who understands how those exercises work for the pelvic floor. Right. And it's also important to understand that that may not be enough on its own. Okay. And I think uh, each patient knows when enough is enough and and their own exercise regimen is is not quite cutting it. (laughs) Time to go to the doctor and get a team on your side because it's a great day to be a pelvic patient, right? It it really is. There's There's a lot available. And where can women go to learn more about the Center for Women's Pelvic Health at Long Beach Memorial? Women who are interested in hearing more about the treatment options available can call 1-800-MEMORIAL and ask to be connected to the Center for Women's Pelvic Health. Easy enough. Thank you so much, Dr. Craig, for coming on the show today. And to learn more or to listen to a podcast of this show, please visit memorialcare.org. I'm Deborah Howell. Join us again next time as we explore another weekly dose of wellness. Have yourself a fantastic day. Oh, 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 oh